Do you remember when you promised you would become the best 24-year-old ever? Scott Pilgrim does. It's time to talk about Volume 5, Scott Pilgrim versus The Universe. Whoa! Uh, we're back. Whoa! We're back. Book Club. We're back on our Scott Pilgrim shit uh, to talk more Scott, and we are focusing on a single volume this time, Volume 5. Uh, I am, of course, Sparks Witty. Joining me on this journey is Ryan Eliopoulos. It's me. I got our cat Gideon right here. And uh, number one Sonic the Hedgehog freak, Ben Magnet. That is definitely me. Funny enough, I'm actually wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog shirt. Man, I know him. I did not know he was wearing that. And I, I do now. I know this man. He's always wearing Sonic. Some capacity. Yeah. Sonic always on his heart, even if he can't. Or his it. arm as a tattoo. I don't have a Sonic tattoo yet. Oh, that's Keyword there being what's the, yet. What's the one I'm thinking of? What do you got? What is, what's the Kingdom the, Hearts? The, oh, there you go. That's Gen- genuinely, Ben, and I totally respect it. I know that like part of what you want for your wedding, Ben, in the future is tied to Lord of the Rings, but it shocks me that it's not more Sonic focused. Lord of the Rings, I think, is, is, is a better choice if you ask me. It is a better choice, <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying, like, what's more pure to Ben? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's just say, hey, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My fiance is fine with Lord of the Rings. I mean, she's good. She's cool with Sonic the Hedgehog, but I'm pretty sure for her, for our special day, she wants she would like more something a little more romantic than well, cause, like, me playing Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Like- a Sonic would just be like, well, yeah, but like it'd be like a, a really smooth, rounded one, which mm-hmm. is not like the tip. It's, you know, most rings on guys, especially, are very flat. Yeah. He would have that really like round, circular bump. Ooh, a bulbous uh, ring. But it'd just be a gold ring. Like, be kind of cool. Ding, 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 ding. Anyway, uh, that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about uh, Volume 5 Scott Pilgrim. Um, before we get into that, I'm going to say some corrections about things I've said before that I'm like, oopsie, oopsie, poopsie, I made a mistake. The first one I'm going to correct is that I suggested in the last time we were talking about the book clubs that the Kim and uh, Knives thing would be a dress later. That's, nope. that's not true. That's not true. It's not a dress later. <laughs> and I will call my bad. I've read too many fanfic comics about filling in gaps and moments from Scott Pilgrim mm. that were very well copied into Brian Lee O'Malley's uh, art style, where they live in my brain as canon now, and they're not. And that's my bad, and I apologize. That's your headcanon. That's that's headcanon that was created by other people that made me think it was real, and I'm sorry. It's been a little bit. That's okay. So I apologize for that one. The other one I want to clarify is more just a timeline thing, because I, I really looked into it. And um, Volume 5, this released while Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the film, was in production, which we talked about like the movie not having the resources of Volume 5 and 6. That's partially true on Volume 5. It... Uh, it came out in the midst of them working on the film. Um, so a little too late in like making script changes, but like obviously there are some gags, some jokes and references. Volume six comes out uh, the same month that the movie does. And uh, we'll get into like connections to the film in volume six, but like obviously like Brian Lee O'Malley lets him know certain things that he's planning to do, maybe certain quotes, but the full picture was not accessible to them when they were constructed. There's the certainly film. way more reference in volume six than i expected so i think he might have gave them like early scripts or something yeah, because there's so there's definitely a lot of shit in there it's just yeah. obviously more expanded upon right yeah um certainly certain certain moments in the general idea and like i think uh my understanding is that brian Lee O'Malley designed the chaos theater like in a sketch mm-hmm. for the film based on where he knew the final conf- like where was the final confrontation with scott and gideon he yeah yeah drew it and they recreated that for the chaos theater in the movie love it um mm-hmm. that's what i was able to find out so just a little clarification on like where we were talking about in our timeline that kind of stuff who had what information at what time that's it i think um for the moment uh okay putting that aside now uh ryan hey. since you're the the newest to read me what do you think of volume five very very good this book continues to be a marvel um this is really where like a lot of the emotional stuff really comes headway especially between Scott and Ramona, instead of them like just kind of leisurely going through life, they're really starting to like think about what what are we doing? And like, what do I actually think about you? And is this like a reflection upon me uh, and all that kind of stuff? And it's really juicy. It's really fun. Um, I'll be honest. I expected way more of the twins to have more, like more to do. They don't also don't have all that much. Yeah. Uh, I was expecting like full last of character arcs and like, they're great. Like they're, they're more focused than in the movie, but like, I'm not going to say like, that much they're not even guys they barely fight scott it's a robot that fights most of the time so like i that surprised me a little bit uh not in a negative way just in a different way i was like oh yeah it's not i wasn't 
I was expecting more of like, you know, like Roxy and Envy and stuff like that, like more of that. But like, uh, uh, it's a great book. It's a great volume. Uh, uh, it continues to look better and better than the previous volume. Uh, the, man, the colors just really pop in all these books. It's so good. It's so lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great, it's a great volume. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I'll respond to that and then have you go, Ben. Um, because, uh, I think for, for me, one of my favorite things about volume five is it is like that, that downturn volume we really focus in on a lot of our core character principle stuff mm -hmm. that, um, we've, has been bubbling under the surface and is now present and really in the text and really, um, front and center. There's a lot of big things that happen in this book for those characters and the Katsuyanagi twins kind of serve as, I'm sorry that the comparison I can only think of right now is Harry Potter, but it is a lot like Half-Blood Prince where I feel like the structure of like the, the big things going on in that book are yeah. kind of lesser because characters have to be pushed so far forward. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter's not the only series that does this. A lot of series do that. That's just the one that was coming to mind. Mm -hmm. But like generally when you're heading into the penultimate volume, that's when like you recede a lot of like extra details you don't need to spend a lot of time on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the Katianagi twins serve their one big purpose, which is to like really bring front and center the cheating stuff, the cheating stuff. Yeah. And that Ramon has been as much of a hypocrite, lousy hypocrite player as Scott has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's really all they need to do. Um, and I think that they're well utilized. And I really like the interpretation of they. It just works for me. Like this, I really like the robots. I really like that they they make robots. Mm -hmm. um, is like their way of going about it. It just after having him physically confront the others, it uh, aside from Lucas Lee, having it be this is uh, a nice change of pace, especially with what we'll be heading into with Gideon in, yeah. the, in the final volume. Uh, ben, why don't you go ahead? As a penultimate volume, this is this is really good. This is where essentially all of Scott's emotional problems come to a head, and life kicks his ass for once. Uh, the final pages are, you know, they're heartbreaking. I wouldn't say they're heartbreaking, but for Scott, who realizes he done messed up, especially, and even with uh, Ramona and Knives, I actually kind of like how every time Scott fights a robot, like the Katinagi twins, when they set a robot after Scott, the scene always goes to Ramona, it goes to Kim, it goes to someone else, and not Scott fighting. It's yeah. focused on a different character. And this is where I feel like this is where we learn more about Ramona. Yeah. And yeah, that's true. I mean, this is definitely where we, we learn more about Ramona. And also, and also, like you said, it goes into her own hypocritical. Like she's like she also cheated. She also is, or as she says in another in volume, she dabbled in being a bitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of really important stuff here one of the key things about this volume i think is it shows how bad scott is at being in a relationship even when things are fine yeah at being present mm -hmm. like because everything else every volume before has had like the obstacle right and that was part of the ending of four was like i want to take this seriously i want to do xyz and like scott can have those intentions but when he's put to the test he kind of fails yes yeah. over and over and over again and that's a lot of what this volume showcases is that once scott feels like he's won the girl, he kind of doesn't know how to keep showing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, one ahead. of my favorite one of my favorite bits was or one of my or no, I wouldn't say favorite bits, but somewhere in the book where it really shows that Scott is just not all there, even though he's technically quote unquote one, is like is Ramona is telling him about like his entire day and he's just he's like sitting there going eating cereal. Yeah. And then she leaves her phone and he just plays games on her phone the entire day. Yeah, this is and very early. Like, this is very early in the book and I have it there as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just cut. It's just. Um, it, it's not. Or it's just so. Uh, what is the word? I don't want to say relatable, but it's also just one of those things where it's like, what are you doing, man? Because even uh, think, like just. Go ahead. Sorry. No, because even just like recently when uh, I was talking with my own fiance, it's like, hey, these are my plans for the weekend. And she was telling me her plans for the weekend. And it's like, all right, cool. And like, we know what we're doing. But then like when Ramona, I don't know if it's just this me trying to try to try trying to be like, hey, you, this is how to be a better boyfriend. You like you talk to you, you know, communication like we all know yeah. communication is a big part of being in a relationship. Yeah. 
And he's just sitting there like going nodding after she says, Hey, I'm doing all this stuff. Even later on when she's like, Hey, do you have work today? And he just like nods and she just like says, okay, I'll see, see you later. Love you. Bye. And leaves. And he just doesn't say a word. Mm -hmm. I found Scott frustrating in this one, but like, that's, that's that's the point, right? Like he can't even like, Hey, like if you're not going to do anything today, Hey, can you like, can you unload the dishwasher? And then he starts doing it when she gets home, like eight hours later. Right. Like, yeah. are, did you do the dishwasher? Yeah, I'm doing it right now. I'm like, like, that's definitely relatable. I get that. Uh, and it's, and it's it, like, it's frustrating. And it's like, one of those things where like, you can make the argument that like it, Scott doesn't mean to be this way. He yeah. doesn't mean to like be so absent-minded and forgetful, but also Scott doesn't take the initiative to recognize the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks he's won, so there's nothing to like fight for anymore, basically. Right, and arguably, this is something where you you can make a case that Scott's surrounding friends and the people in his environment have just kind of accepted this in Scott a little too much, yeah, and babied him a little too much, rather than pressing for him to do what he ultimately needs to do earlier, um, yeah, and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I really like the introduction of the Katyanagi twins at the party with the robot, with the whole, the whole bit and Ramona being just kind of over the concept already. Yeah. Um, of the whole thing. And these guys coming in and just super duper criticizing her. They put her on edge right away because they recognize that she has long hair for the first time in forever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like the, the, the long hair, a symbol of like getting comfortable yeah he lied scott lied he's not going to be the best 24 year old <laughs> yeah well i don't know early on early on no it doesn't no. start well doesn't 24 start well. does not start yeah, well. yeah yeah um i love at that party uh uh while scott is fighting the robot uh kim and ramona go outside and then she gets a text from wallace and and he's like, well, I'm his, I'm like his personal secretary for, uh, secretary for head notes to scott and it's like hey buddy i'm a drunk for you you equal scott and I'm like, even when Wallace isn't here, he's being silly, and I love it. Yeah, him and Ramona have a really interesting relationship in this volume as well. It's one of those things where, like, if I had a criticism about these books, like something that I really wish was different, it's that I wish Kim and Ramona stuff here started heavier the previous volume. Because, like, it, it does that. I mean, it kind of happens. Like, you get like, the beginning. You get the beginning of it, but yeah, it doesn't really feel like it's followed through. Yeah. Uh, which, like, I. I I guess I don't need because like I get it, but I would I do feel like we need more. Uh, I think uh, I think the challenge of that is that if Kim and Ramona were reasonably further along in that relationship, Ramona probably doesn't leave. Yeah, that's true. And like the story needs Ramona to leave. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's probably the reality of it. But like, there's so much good in the Kim and Ramona stuff. Like, it's unfortunate we can only soak up the most of it in this single volume. They make uh, out. I, I agree with that a lot. They make out. They make out. It's, uh, not, it's not cheating if Scott's in the room, right? I mean, <laughs> hey man, parties get crazy. No, I no, just uh, as a as a former party man, I get it. Um, yeah, I I I I like that the the dynamic and and how it evolves for the two of them. Something I want to point out is that we're we're at this opening party. It's one of Julie's. She keeps coming up with themes that make people show up. Nobody. I like that in this volume. They are they're telling you up front how much like the actual fighting the exes is not important in this book because yeah. Scott is fighting the robot in the background of all the important stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Characters. And so like what's happening while Scott's fighting a robot in the background, knives is finding out from Steven about um, Scott two timing Ramona and knives. And then goes to show again, like yeah. Steven Spill's not really reading the room, not knowing anything. He's just like, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't know this. Yeah. And like, which, I mean, someone should let knives know, but like, it's funny that Steven's it's, it's Steven well, still who does it. And Steven's yeah. the person who says like, you know, he cheated on you. She's like, well, yeah, but he's like, he was dating you because it was easy. Oh. As soon as Ramona showed up, that was that. And she says, I was easy. And he's like, yeah, he two times you guys. And he acted like it was nothing. He's my friend, but come on. Yeah. Is this is this when they're broken up, Julie and Steven at this point? Or are they together at this point? Do you remember? Uh it's I've, I think it's unclear, like nobody clarifies, but I'm pretty okay. sure textually they're done. Okay, yeah, yeah. By now. So he might also be in a bad place and he's just like He is. Yeah. But yeah, he is. But like we also know that he's on his way to something else. Yeah. In at the same That's point in time. Very so true. like he's he's doing fine. I think it is I think it is Steven kind of hitting a 
I think Steven is leaving a toxic relationship behind, which was Julie, for a healthy one. Yes. And in doing so is recognizing mm -hmm. other toxic things and unhealthy things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being as close as he's been to Knives up to this point, mm -hmm. he's like, look, I got to tell you, you really, you don't deserve to feel shitty about him. Like, he's a piece of shit yeah, in, yeah, this, yeah. in this regard. And it, it's uh, Knives bringing up the big question in the room up to this point, does Ramona know? Which, no, she does not. And he doesn't, <laughs> and he doesn't answer. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Super, super uh, important for this book is that that's going to come back around on Scott. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really major stuff there. Uh, we yeah. also get this great bit. This is just a little further ways in when they're at the their apartment together, Ramona and Scott. <clears throat> Ramona has to go grab, or Scott has to go grab Ramona's phone charger, and he sees a letter with Gideon's name on it. And mm -hmm. he has to just, like, shut that drawer real fast in a big slam and be like, that didn't happen. I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, I, I absolutely love that. Again, like Scott is not really like paying attention to the outside world, but anytime he has an interest, he'll just like, he'll just yell about it. Like whether it's about Pac-Man or Sonic, like there are multiple X-Men references that mm -hmm. only I probably get because they talk about the siege perilous, which is like a Chris Claremont, really dumb, fun comic book thing from the mid eighties. And I'm like, Oh my God. Only like nine people your age know about this guy. Come on, no one, no one doesn't care. No. Oh, I, love I actually, it. I, I kind of like those bits, like where remote, there, where Scott and Ramona are shopping. Ramona's trying on some clothes, and Scott is just like, because funny when I, when I read this, uh, recently when I read this last night, I thought it was just um uh, like chatter from someone out, like someone outside talking about it. But then like it was like, yeah. oh wait, no, it's Scott. Scott's talking, and it, and it kind of shows how much Ramona's just like not listening and just not caring because mm -hmm. I mean you're reading the words in the bubble about how about something like X-Men like when Wolverine got crucified on an X or whatever and then it's just Ramona just constantly trying to close but you can tell in the facial expressions where she is she's thinking about something else she's focused on something else they're right. both they're both like not really present with each other yeah yeah uh, through, through some some of this book and it's like it's it, yeah. it, like it's literally like it, it finally comes to a head uh, eventually mm -hmm. and even when like ramona like when scott's trying to talk to her about his band and she she finally just tells him like dude i don't even like your band and he's just like yeah, yeah. Whoa. and, it, and oh. it breaks him breaks and she's him. like dude it's really not a big deal you're just not my thing and he's yeah. like because <laughs> scott overreacts to like to that kind of stuff yeah really easily yeah um uh we get an important part early on ramona says i i just I mean, I, how do you get over it so fast? Referring to MV Adams, it's like a power. Yeah. Uh, like she, she doesn't recognize, she's recognizing how Scott just has this ambivalence towards his past relationships that she's like, I just, I, they, they are very much parallel characters, but they're different in the sense that like Scott ignores carrying all of his baggage to, to his own detriment, like yeah. making his brain bad functionally uh because he buries it so deep that he doesn't acknowledge that it ever happened and forgets things ramona's carrying her baggage baggage around with her all the time um literally there's a bag on her all the time um so that's speaking of yeah. a baggage uh yeah. knives wasn't runs into ramona in the bathroom for like the third time in these books yeah. uh and, they, and she starts fighting ramona and ramona's like are you still fighting me for scott this is ridiculous and then knives has the great quote of you stole him with your advanced american slut technology you're not nice and i'm like <laughs> you're funny you're a funny lady that's she just yeah. wants to chow down uh. and uh and there are two two great things like there's this beautiful panel when she slams knives into the oh, wall come on and slam um which is gorgeous but there's also the very important like broken lines on ramona when she's told by knives oh, that scott cheated on both of them uh which starts to crack at their relationship in a big way yep oh yeah uh the band has been recording an album for like what three months six months or something yeah, yeah. and they haven't been yeah. practicing and they practice for the first time and they're awful terrible and they have a gig and i'm like oh man this can't end well yeah, uh, yeah. and it seems to go like fine or whatever i don't know like people seem to hate it but like scott smashes his guitar out of like yeah, yeah. i'm a rock star Kills the and of course scott's still yeah. out of the and not only that scott's still out of the moment they can't decide on what the song so kim asks hey are we play are we starting on this one song and then steven's like hey are we gonna oh, start yeah, yeah, this yeah. Other song That's a good point. and scott Listen. doesn't say anything yeah, Kim counting because Scott's not paying attention. Yeah. So 
Kim Pine's counting in herself, and Stills and Scott are ready to play Erasmus. So they're just totally off. Yeah. God. Um, while we're in this area, Kim has the moment where like Scott's talking about because he's obsessing over it, right? He's going, she doesn't even like our band. What am I going to do? That means she doesn't like me. And Kim slaps him in the back of the head. And she's like, dumbass, she likes you. She's supporting your lousy endeavors. Don't knock it. Yeah. And like Kim's like, it's nice because there's, there's this sense that Kim is warming to Scott and Ramona actually caring about each other. And like for the first time wanting to make that real yeah. for Scott. And she's like, dude, like, you actually have something. Don't mm -hmm. screw it up, you big, big dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Which he will. Of course he will. I gotta tell you, the stuff with Kim, we'll get to it a bit later, but, like, because I have never read these last, these last like, three volumes, uh, and the movie did some different stuff, like, I don't, I wasn't sure where the stuff with Kim was gonna go. I thought we were, I thought we were going potentially in a different direction with that, Kim. That Scott and Kim might get together. Yeah, and, like, they have, like, really sweet moments, which we'll talk about later. Um... And I was like, oh man, is this is this gonna be totally different than the movie? And then like Kim's Kim's a sweetheart. Like she's like, no, I know you like this girl. Like it's not about me. Yeah. We had our time when we were what, 17, 16 or something. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and like Kim has been a person who hasn't hasn't let stuff go. And we'll like we'll talk yeah. more about this in volume six, but like, yeah, it's it's very much about Kim recognizing that there's something good in in him and Ramona being together. They work for each other, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, young Neil oh, just yeah. like getting really depressed. Oh yeah, just smoking, smoking in a by in a dark room. Poor young Neil. There's like a cobweb on his computer screen. It's just yeah. it's like we're Steven. I don't know. Well, what do you band, mean? He's band practice, and it's like we're the band, and he's like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> he just doesn't. He's disassociated. He's so broken. Poor young um, Neil. Yeah, poor young Neil. Uh, this this good gag, this bit where Scott's nervous that Ramona's mad at him not talking to him. Oh, right. And yeah. so he puts Kim up to setting up a place for him to bump into her. And the thing is that, like, it actually charms Ramona into laughing about it. Yeah. That he would, yeah. he would go out of his way to do that. And this is after he slept over at her house. Because, yep. yeah. isn't that it? So, like, Scott and Ramona, like, they have a tiff. And, and and she's like, yo, we have a really small apartment. I just want some room to my, for myself, all right? right? And he Scott takes that in the worst possible way. Like, oh my God, she's going to break up with me. Uh, oh, and he has a great line of like, oh yeah, I can go stay with all my friends who totally don't hate me. And they always give him a glare. Yeah. Uh, so he sleeps at Kim's house. Holly sold the couch for rent money. So they had to sleep in the same bed together. And that's when I was thinking like, is, she, is Scott about to make a big mistake again? And it will Kim be the person who like allows that? And they don't, and they, they respect each other. And I'm, I'm glad because like so I don't need Scott that to keep happen it. yet. Doesn't happen at, yet. Oh, at this point, it. where we're talking about before he does the the diner. Got, thing it, like got, her, got it. He's still able to sleep on the couch. Okay. Later when the couch is gone, gotcha, it becomes gotcha. a whole oh spicy. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, but I, I I know where your head's at, and that's yeah. here, and, and like that's good stuff. Oh yeah, Wallace is talking about like so. What's like? Are you and Ramona like gonna get married? Like, have you thought about your future? And Scott responds with. Future like jetpacks, like which I'm like, oh my god, bro, you're so frustrating sometimes. Yeah, it's um, it, you're right, he is frustrating, but at the same time, even it was again, it sucks that Scott is so relatable in this part because he doesn't realize that he has to have he, you do have to think about the future, you do have to think about these sort of things. But for him, it's just like he wants, to like, oh, I just want to, you know, be carefree and have fun, be in my band, and all this other fun stuff. He's trying, I feel like he's trying to avoid as much responsibility as humanly possible. Yeah. And he does have some because of his job, but it's still one of those things where he doesn't really want to deal with it. And puts it off and puts it off. And then yeah. he'll be like, yeah. And like he doesn't want, yeah, he doesn't want to think about the future. He just wants things to stay as they are. Cause it works out better for him. But then, like when Wallace is like, "Dude, you gotta think about your future," because he—I remember when I was 24, and there were at people were asking, like I was about to graduate college, and people were constantly asking me, "Is like, well, what are you gonna do about your future?" And I'm like, "I don't know, still don't know." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's this uh, future's terrifying, man. Yeah, uh, we got to talk about one of the big revelations in the book, which is that when they're sitting at that table after Scott's set up, Ramona uh, threw Kim to meet him in public, uh, where. Kim is telling a story about um, how the person that uh, she was dating, Jason, 
uh, slept with her roommate behind her back. The guy with the car. Which triggers, the cheating triggers Ramona's uh, glow and her her lines around her head. And uh, that puts Scott in a weird place, but Kim notices it and Scott's like, um, yeah, hey, did I mention that uh, we had a sleepover, me and Kim? And Ramona's like, wow, really? And And she's like, he just slept on the couch. That's cool. And Ramona's like, starting to tune out she's starting to like go glass-eyed and and not recognize Mm -hmm. everything and scott recognizes this is some kind of problem and kim calls it out and immediately ramona's like what are you talking about scott's like oh my god you can see it too (laughs) Um, which is scott has thought that he was crazy this whole time uh and ramona freaks out about what's wrong with her head and they say it's a glow that's going on which is a huge thing because we also have like is this just like a a a visual cue for us about yeah. what Scott's seeing in her vision. And this finally solidifies that Kim's like, yo, what is that? That's a real thing. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. It's mystical, man. It's mystical anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Why is your head glow? Like we see the glow back in like what volume one? Yeah. It, ha- it happens. It happens. Yeah. Like, it happens in volume one yeah. right at the end. Yeah. Like we see that. And that's just like a, if when you first see it, you think it's a, uh, you know, it's a it's a visual cue to be like, hey, like an that's a touchy. Thing, yeah. yeah, it's like don't don't touch on that subject. That kind of don't talk about that sort of thing because it's a touchy subject for, for Ramona. Don't mention it. Don't talk about it. But now it's just like something's going on. What is up with this glow thing? And that really sets Ramona onto like, what's wrong with me? And really doing a lot of literal reflection. This is where she's like staring at herself in the mirror while Scott talks about comics stuff to her that she's not. Is this the is this the Colossus in Ileana? Yeah. So it gets like she got sucked into an alternate dimension when she was little, and the demon guy taught her all this black magic. That's Ileana Rasputin. And Ramona's just staring straight into that mirror. Love it. Um, And also, like Brian Lee O'Malley being a comic nerd, it's also you know reflective of the moment for for Ramona in like uh, and this demon guy taught her all this black magic and like Twister's soul, which is like Gideon Gideon did this to to me kind of implications. Yeah, yeah. Really well written, really well thought out kind of comparison. Um, Going back to young Neil for just a moment, we have the moment at the next party. Is this Um, like a wedding, a wedding theme? Yeah, who knows, right? (laughs) Because Ramona's wearing a dress of flowers on it. And I'm like, what kind of party is this? Uh, And she bumps into Neil and, uh, and she criticizes him being with a girl who looks like knives, but isn't knives. And Neil says that uh, she's hanging out with Captain Homo, referring to Steven, which sucks. Uh, Oh yeah, real quick. Like it's uh, like, it does bum me out that these came out like the colored editions and they put so much work into them, but they still kept all like the slurs and like the R's, like the, the, the R words, you know, like mentally handicapped yeah. people. And like, and that's something I think you could have got rid of after publication, reprinting this book, but you know what? It, it shit happens. Yeah. I mean, at least in this case, like it is directly in the text that like, um, Ramona says Captain Homo. Nice. Yes. Like you're being an asshole. Yeah. And then like, at least it's directly called out. But the R word uh, used several times. No, no, again, I, I'm not defending that one. Yeah, I'm yeah, only yeah. defending this particular no, use. It. Where like I, I think, I think, um, people people used a, a Doctor Who as a recent conversation piece about this. Where like, I think it's it's okay when you're doing like in that case it's a misgendering. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But as long as the characters who are doing it are, are being directly textually told to you, the reason it's happening is because that's a bad thing to do. Yeah. And as long as that's clear in the text, then like, I think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we're doing here with the captain homo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, get that part moment, but like, yeah, uh, young Neil has the really strong, like uh, after Ramon calls him an asshole, like he's I'm young. I'll grow out. I'll of grow it. out of it. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, Neil, you're, you're broken. My boy. Also him dating a girl that looks like nice. Is like, isn't oh. that her friend Tamara? I, it's not clear, um, like because we only see her in like these two panels. I couldn't tell you. Oh, also, young young Neil thinks he's hitting on her, which is really funny. I think that's what the the line is like up here. Yeah. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, you wish, young Neil. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Scott, Scott's drinking. Yeah, Scott's uh, Scott's sneaking a drink for Ramona. Yeah. Um, and Julie's like, are you stealing liquor? Oh my God. <laughs> it's not what it looks like. Uh, yeah, which pisses Scott off uh, uh, because it's Julie calling him out and she's always a pain in the ass. Um, uh, Julie really relishing in the possibility that Ramona finally dumped Scott. Um, and yeah, uh, Scott's really pissed off because she's hanging out with the Kat and Nagi twins who send another robot after him and Ramona's just done with it. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Ramona's, Ramona's just out on the... Yeah, yeah. There I don't go. remember Ramona smoking, but I might have just forgot. Boop, boop. Yeah. Boop, boop. But has she smoked uh, yeah, she's, yeah, she has. 
Yeah. Okay. It's I, been I, kind I of like, yeah. like when she, I think it was like volume three when she first lights up a cigarette and then, or volume two, and Scott's all like shocked. He's like, What do you smoke? Oh, that's right. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but this goes back to like the Kim and Ramona stuff where she has like really, really just good panel art um, from yeah. Oh, yeah. O'Malley with uh, I, when she sees the glow and finally snaps a picture of Ramona's head so that Ramona can see it. With that old school flip phone from yeah, the 2000s. Which, <laughs> which is really effective. And that leads to our our kissing moment. Oh yeah, they're all they're all drunk and hanging out, mm-hmm. and they're all being friends. Yeah, and it's like a nice moment. And then it is. It's like a yeah. moment where like you get alleviated from the tension of things that have been ramping up between Ramona and Scott. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about going back to school. Kim's all, "We should go together. What will we major in?" Ramona's like, "Dating, <laughs> rugby, zoological anthropology, shopping." And then Ramona's like, "Tequila, tequila, <laughs> tequila." <laughs> yeah i love it it makes me laugh um <laughs> kim pine where have you been all my life make out yeah uh, <laughs> what do you yeah, mean then they're trying to they're trying to go through or scott ramona are like hey kim you want to come home through with us and she's like no nah, i'll just go home my i'll just go home my way and then uh and also if i take subsways i'm gonna throw off because yeah you know tequila and this is when the cotton nagi twins in a bull move, it's like I don't want to say it's like it's a bull move cotton or a bull strategy cotton. Let's see if it pays off. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it kind of does make sense because she has been by Scott this whole time. Right. And they go and kidnap Kim instead of going after Ramona. Because um the next scene we get Scott Ramona, you know, drunkenly making out, doing stuff, and then finally she fi- Ramona finally asks Scott, it's like, hey, did you cheat on me? Oh yeah. On the way from that moment is I just love when he does this. Uh just a full panel. All their subspace travel through the doors when they're falling down is really gorgeous art. Um and mm-hmm. I love that when it's here. But yeah, go on with your point, uh, because it's where I was going next, which is when Ramona finally asked Scott about it. Yeah. And also you can really see the glow. I think I, I this is this part right here is where you could finally see the glow. It's the, like a legitimate glow. Yeah, because right, a lot because of times it's it's illuminating because it's lighting the dark room. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Which because a lot don't get as much in black and white. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> no, or or not, not in black and white. In other um, instances, like when they're on the bus the first time, yes, it was dark outside, but the bus is lit, so you just saw the lines. Or even earlier, like when um, Ramona was outside and, and Kim took the picture, it was just like this bright thing you couldn't really tell, and now you could tell, like, oh yeah. She, her head is literally glowing. It's not just these funny lines, but it's it's literally legitimately glowing. Yeah, and it just gets uh, yeah, and, worse and worse. Yeah, and like this is like these are some of the lines just straight that are that are also from the movie. But like, uh, you know, you cheated on me with knives. I cheated on knives with you. And like, what's the difference? Like, you weren't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, well, no, Scott, that's not how that works. <laughs> And it's a way yeah. more like it, serious. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Than, it, it hits yeah. so hard in this. Uh, where, yeah, Scott, Scott doing the, uh, I've been trying to forget about it. I'm, and she's, you're a bad person. I'm a bad person. You think I'm a bad person? Yeah. Like, Scott yeah. is struggling with it and saying he's trying to be better. Ramona says, you're just another evil ex boyfriend waiting to happen. Um and, and I just also side note I just love how the cat just sleeps on Ramona's side. It's like nah, dude, uh, you you done messed up. I'm I'm signing with Ramona on here over here, little G, right? Yeah, and like the really the really sleepy Scott is struggling to like stay awake. Ramona's wide awake, and he brings himself back out just to be like, I'm sorry, please don't don't break up with me. I'm I'm working on it, and um. Starting tomorrow, I'll, I'll do better. And yeah, you do that. Don't break up with me. And then she's gone. And he wakes up. No, Ramona. Also, no heart. No, no heartbeat. heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you like that? That this is like one of the most like definitely like emotional scenes of the whole the yeah, whole yeah. book. Uh, again, like despite these looking like like cartoon characters, like you feel like you see and feel all the emotion uh, that these characters are 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 giving us. Uh, and like so, what you were saying earlier about the Katanagi twins, like we learn. That Ramona did that same shit with those two guys. So like she is, she is being a little bit of a, a little a hippo, a hippo, a hippo crate. Yeah. Um. In this case, uh, 
she's actually in the shower in the morning. Yeah. Um, but Scott gets the text about Kim being in danger. He tries to shout to Ramona that he's going to go take care of this and come back. Ramona doesn't hear it, which yeah. is the, nope. the tragedy of this moment. The, the water pressure is yeah. too high. I can't hear it. Yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, when she finally comes out, she, she's like, what are you on at? She looks at her phone and it's just like low battery. She doesn't even see the text message. She's just like, whatever. Yeah. Right. It's charge, charge your phone. Charge your phone, Scott. Yeah. If you're going to use it so much, just charge it. Make it easy. Come on. Yeah, this is on him. Uh, <laughs> yep. This is 100% completely on Scott. And like, he could have done better. What game is um, he playing? Is he playing Snake? Is he playing like Minesweeper? What is he doing? But even as Ramona yeah. is only taking a shower, she has made the decision to cut her hair. No! Yeah. Which already indicates kind of like a sense of, I think I need to let go of this, this yep. moment. Change is about to happen again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to Kim in a cage and the Kadianagi twins trying to fight him. Um, I love their, their, um, it's not, this is not what they're doing, but like, I always just think of Neon Genesis Evangelion when the two robots have to sync fight <laughs> yeah, with yeah, each yeah. other. Yeah, so yeah. They're time, they do like a crane, like, I, I wouldn't say that he wasn't thinking about <laughs> okay, that yeah, when he yeah. did this because like, Brian Lee O'Malley clearly thinks about Evangelion. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's referenced more than once when he comes back for the anime, so. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say that that's not that's not entirely far off. Uh, I'm just looking at my like pictured notes here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, they're trying to really get under Scott's skin about Ramona and saying like, you know, she doesn't she she'll abandon you. She'll treat you just the same. And this is where Kim is like really focused on wanting to get out, and she does something that I have mixed feelings about, but I'm I like that every time I get to it, I have mixed feelings about it, which is that she tells Scott that she gets a text from Ramona. And Ramona says that uh, everything's fine. And obviously Kim is lying. We yeah. see her phone. We know there's no text. And she says uh, she can't wait for you to come home. She believes in you. Yeah. Uh, and she just wanted to make sure you're all right. I mean, against the twins. And I'm typing back, come on, he's Scott Pilgrim, which puts a fire in Scott Pilgrim. And the Katanagi twins are, cannot believe it because they truly believe yeah. Ramona, Ramona cannot change. Ramona could change? So Scott's able to beat the crap out of them. Yeah. Uh, easily because he's fueled by that power of like she still loves me she still supports me uh yeah i think and unfortunately i think that is what scott needed to get through this oh i think so too. so like it is mm -hmm. it is bad on her case luckily it, it eventually works out but yeah uh yeah uh, it is it is it it's, is a, it's a really it's a dark choice yeah uh like it's definitely it, like hit you with that moment of like yeah Ooh, like i remember i remember getting this part when i very first read it years ago and I was like, oh, yeah. But then when I flipped the page and saw that there was nothing on the phone, I'm like, why are you lying, Kim? Yeah. What's going on? But yeah. I feel like Kim had to lie because she knew Scott was in a bad place. And even though she's in the cage and she's like, you know, screaming, save me, save me. Part of I don't know why, but when I read this time, I interpreted it as her kind of pining for Scott in a way. Maybe Can not mind? like not full outright like like she still has feelings for him, but she's like, great, I'm stuck in here. This sucks. I want to get out. This guy I've had mixed feelings about for years is losing a fight. Well, and then she finally figures out it's like this is how to get him going. And that's how she, and that's why she tells him it's like Ramona wants you to come home. Yeah, I, I think there's an amount of, you know, Kim is in this situation because of Scott having a relationship with Ramona. Like she's just a a bystander brought into yeah. this like she's been suffering through the night for scott shit and like while she has been warming up to scott and ramona uh definitely more in this volume than any previous one and becoming closer with scott because of it it doesn't change the fact that like scott still like broke her heart and mm -hmm. here she is being put through shit for his love yeah. for his crusade uh, and so, like, no, I don't entirely blame her. I'm just like, man, that's a choice. Yeah. It's a, just a yeah. choice. Um, and it, I do think, like, it it makes the book more interesting. Like, I have no problem with her making it yeah. um, in, like, a textual sense. Like, I think it's the totally right thing for the book and everything. It's just a, as a character, I go, like, Kim. <laughs> Kim, how dare you? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think it's a really powerful, like, shift in their dynamic. And I think there's an amount of... Um, this moment motivates Kim leaving. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. uh, leaving town because yeah. she got dragged into something she never wanted to be part of. And it forced her into a position she never wanted to be in and made her 
to lie to Scott again in a way she didn't want to, uh, but felt she had to and like that she couldn't be prioritized and she recognized she'll never be prioritized. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I got to go. Again, this like is this is like the second time Kim's, Kim's been kidnapped by a man and Scott has to come save her and Scott doesn't really want to be with her. So like, I think that is well, like the breaking point. Yeah, like <laughs> with it, it, with the knowledge of Volume Six, we well, can no. say like that's not really a kid. But I know, like, yeah, yeah. Because for Scott, that would be the narrative, but for Kim, it isn't. Yes. So true. like, this that's is true. the first time for Kim. Yeah, yeah. That it's been. That's true. That's true. You're right. Uh, but yeah, uh, I I fully agree. Like, I I think that that is the, this is like that thing that pushes her over where she's like, I got too involved in this, and I do think you you're also right a little bit in your read, Ben, where she like because she's getting closer to Scott for the first time, there is an amount of her where she's like, oh shit, I still like him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and she's like, I gotta, I gotta leave. I gotta <laughs> this break has, off. It's gotten really, really bad. Um, I gotta and I think go. The kid go was ahead. like, I gotta go somewhere far, far away. The booties, my, my parents' house. Yay. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's even alluded to in this bit after Scott solved the puzzle of the dangling cage and got her out, where, which is what it says um yeah <laughs> and uh and you get that last shot where he's like scott's like thanks kim you can get home on your own right and she says yeah sure and there's like this panel at the bottom that shows her in the background you know like walking away and this is like in a way kim's like i when she says you can get home on your own right she's you can clock with where the story goes later this is the moment where she's thinking about going home home yeah yeah uh, and that's that's how she reads it. I also like him teasing up his own stuff with the chaos theater opening soon, so you're getting yeah. ready for the Gideon stuff. But also, right there, like that moment. It's like once once he's rescued her it, again. It's kind of just like you can get him on your own right, and like not even really thinking about it's a yes or no answer. Like he's already running towards Ramona because that's what he's thinking about. And Kim seems kind of like really bummed out. Like whether the answer was yes or no, it seems like Scott was kind of already checked out at that moment. I could just be reading into that, but. Like he was ready to no, go. He's, like, he's not seeing her yeah, anymore. Yeah, like, he's only seeing the Ramona stuff yeah. and being like, Ramona said, Ramona, she needs me. Uh, so I just got one more asshole to go. I got to go. I got to go fight for her. Yeah. And Kim's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Go, go get out of here. Miss Yeah. Which brings us to Ramona. Your hair. Uh, and Scott coming in and trying to explain things and telling her he loves her. Uh, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. As long as you love me, she says, I've done bad things. And he says, we both have, uh, I'm a bad person. People can change Ramona. And she does the Scott. Thanks. I had a good time, bro. That's so sad. Yeah. And yeah. She just, what? What? And then there's like three pages of this, of that, or two pages of that. I love it. Yeah. Just, just the, the, just the, the white yeah. absence of Ramona. And then an empty bedroom and a cat that, Plops over, which is interesting. Like I in the, I remember the first time I read this, and when the cat falls over after Ramona leaves, I'm like, "Is the cat a robot? <laughs> like, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why did the cat stop operating? Uh, again, I, I assume it's like Ramona's gone, so he's like, "Oh no, my 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 person, my BFF is yeah, gone." Yeah. Like yeah. he, it looks like he was like laying up against her, and now that she like vanished, he just plopped over. And he's like, "The fuck?" Because you know yeah, how sometimes yeah, cats like do a thing, and when they finally fall down, they they like jolt awake. Yeah. But this one, I mean, thankfully the cat gets up because why? I was like, because when I was rereading this, I was like, no kitty. And then yeah, yeah the cat gets up to leave, and Scott's like, no, come back, and he locks himself out of his apartment without his keys, which is the whole thing that started oh, fighting yeah, yeah. in this book. And so Scott doesn't have his apartment now. Well, yeah, so much for that. The world of ruin, one would say. Yep. And we start getting more teases of, hey, here's the Nega Scott, Nega Scott, in his life, time to showing up in the mirror, fully regressing. Yeah, mm -hmm. Scott's starting to shut down. Um, he's crying at his job. Oh, God, yeah. It's not because of the onions. Yeah, it, we even get the game over panel. Yeah. It's, it's it, Scott's getting cooked. Yeah, and him and Steven are, are walking over to the their job, and uh, <laughs> that the manager's like, it's all Scotty. It's okay. He's like, it's the onions. I'm crying because of the onions. You know, the classic, I'm not crying because of emotional damage. I'm crying because of onions. Right. I should start carrying an onion around at all times. It's not because I'm emotional, just the onions. Yeah. Uh, and Scott is pretty much like, at first, he's just totally zeroed in on like, can you help me get a cat? How can <laughs> I get this cat? I need to get this cat. I need a cat. Doesn't he have like a how bunch do of I people? Get a cat? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you get a cat? You got cat food? Uh, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, and this is where he spends, this is where the, night. He spends the night yeah. in Kim's bed uh, at the same time. And she says, I think I'm going to move back home. Um, and that's when he's like, do you know anything about cats? Uh, and that's all Scott gets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like, really? I just told you I'm going to move back home and you're and you're and you all you care about is a cat. Yeah. Just again, it's not not looking what's what's right in front of him. You know? Yeah. Um, you get uh, Stacy talking to him about it and being like, she she left. She abandoned her pet. And Scott's like, yeah, and her cat, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is a funny note in his own depression where he's like, calling himself her pet. Um, Wallace is in his new place living with a mobile yeah who we, we don't do we, is it this yeah, one we right see? Here. Oh, okay this is yeah. the first line we see him in. okay yeah. uh it's it's because he's the first person who we get the <gasps> gideon oh my God, with scott. scott where every time he sees anybody with glasses he thinks it's gideon because he got that one blurry photo from yeah. wallace and yep. uh and will wallace is like uh, uh no that's my boyfriend mobile and he's like oh my god mobile is gideon because <laughs> <laughs> scott's just terrible um and uh, while Mobile is talking to me, Scott's just not even hearing him and saying, I don't understand him. I think he's casting a spell. <laughs> you're a funny man, but you're also ridiculous. Scott Pilgrim. Scott sleeps out in the snow in front oh, of the like apartment and totally misses the cat coming by. Yeah. He's he's a homeless person who has a home. It's ridiculous. It's just so yeah. weird. <laughs> now, this yeah. is cool. But we do get we do get the bit where Kim is leaving town hey. and uh, Scott is the person who sees her off, which is interesting. Like no one else is, is there. It's only Scott. Mm -hmm. um, even didn't come. Nobody else came. Yeah. Uh, and Scott uh, says, I'm sorry about everything. And Kim says, it's not your fault. And Scott thinks about for a moment says, I'm sorry about me. Kim says, apology accepted as she gets on that bus. And it's like, it's, it's like the first good step on Scott's journey yep. towards improving is that Scott recognizes kim leaving town is somewhat his fault yeah uh and takes some responsibility for it which i appreciate uh we get the bit where scott's parents show up yay they help him and they help him get a place look at that yeah it's this is the first time we ever see scott's parents too like or no no we see we him in a flashback no we saw him in a flashback this is the yeah, first yeah. time we've seen them in the present it's not like yeah. a Charlie Brown situation where there's like a half on screen womp womp womps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And apparently they have money. They can afford they can afford anything. Are these are the guys, these are the same parents who like were like doing like a European vacation or something, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there's an there's an interesting thing about like they'll give Scott whatever he wants, and it's weird, like Scott Scott's almost worse because like Scott does have wealthy parents who could support him even if he wants to be a slacker, but instead he mooches off his friends. Yeah who like are mm -hmm. struggling yeah and it's like they're they're like do you want a car how about a pony and scott's <laughs> mom's all like no ponies on the third floor um <laughs> and at first i thought his dad was just being facetious just be like it's like well, I mean, we got you this apartment what do you want now a car you know something like yeah. that and just going more extravagant but because that's how i read it and then his yeah. mom was like okay stop joking no ponies on the third floor but yeah, no. he was like being serious about yeah i'll buy scott a car it's like what? Yes, they got no, money. he is. He is because like there's no there's no room for like the sarcasm in this. They don't mind buying Scott whatever they want because he only they're not talking to him about hey Scott go get a job or anything like that. They're like hey don't worry buddy there's a million girls out there you're gonna find that like you just keep chasing that love buddy you just go yeah. out there you do whatever you want you chase that love, um, which is why Scott's not raised very well. Well, she, also the mom has a great line. You spoil him and that's why he's so screwed up, isn't it? <laughs> It isn't my fault, which means it's like it's both your fault. We just also saw the mom like coddling him too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, she yeah. don't want to take responsibility. Uh, but the funniest bit here is that this is the best. This is the best joke in the whole. Lawrence book. West, who is Scott's brother, shows up at the bottom of the stairs and he says, "Are we done here?" And Scott is immediately coming down the rail like Gideon <laughs> kicks him in the face. His brother in the face, man. and he's like, "Dude, I am your brother. Are you blind? Since what if you wore glasses?" Yeah. Uh, and he's like, since I was 14, Scott, you're so damn forgetful. Uh, anyway, I just came to get my base, which Scott destroyed and hands him the case of, which it's broken inside. That is, that's, that's like a one, two, three punch of really, really funny shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can only imagine that she's on the car ride home. Part of me was thinking it was like, you're on the car right away, on the drive away. You just hear him like, my base! <laughs> and when he opens the case to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Speaking of opening things. Yeah, I really I really like that that is our one and only appearance of Lawrence. Yeah. We never see him again. Um, I think it's really funny. I think it was a great use of him for what for the one off gag of like S- Scott thinks anybody with glasses is Gideon. We're all anybody. we're all Gideon. We're all Gideon. Um, uh, yeah. So Scott finally decides to open that letter uh, to Gideon um, that Ramona had written, and he reads it, uh, and he's obsessively thinking about it while he gets a phone call. So much so he's not really paying attention to the call until. Uh, Gideon is like, are you kidding? Oh, okay, you're not, ki- you're, you're not joking. All right, uh, like we have a mutual friend scene. He, he breaks the whole act, and he's like, "This is Gideon. When would it be convenient for you to die?" <gasps> yeah. I would say that was a good line to end volume five at too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. what's a convenient time for you to die? And then it's just <laughs> like, next time, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, you get like flashback energy of. Envy. Uh, Envy, yes, exactly, mm-hmm. on the phone with Scott, and I think that's pitch perfect for like what we're doing here. Um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a strong volume. I think it's got a lot of that that like putting the pieces together for that final volume, um, moving them into their position is done really well. Yeah, I think putting Scott and Ramona shit on display is uh, it's the, done at the right time and everything. Um, I think the only thing I looking at it as a single volume, the thing that I really miss about it is like, there's just less time with our, our wider cast. The supporting cast. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, in a way where I'm like, I get it. It's part of the point. Part of the point is like, they're so, they're so out of Scott's life that we're not even seeing them. So when we do see them, we have to play catch up just as much as Scott on like, well, what's going on in your life now? Yeah. 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 Um, but, but it, but it does make it like, you gotta, you, you got like Scott, Ramona and Kim. And that's like what this volume is about. It's about those three people and really nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. I do, you know, yeah, I, I do miss seeing all those other characters, but, like, it's not like I haven't had a four previous volumes where they're just as focused. So, like, I think we needed this volume to be how it is, to yes. set up the finale. 100%. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and I and I really like Kim. I really like Kim coming to the focus. This is when, this is the volume where Kim becomes one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because of this. And uh, and certainly the next one as well, but, like, it, it starts here where I'm like, oh, Kim's, like, one of the best. Yeah. Uh, 100 percent um any other final thoughts on this volume volume five i would definitely say kim shines brightest in volume five she has great moments in other volumes but it's mostly snarky one-liners and her and just her uh general like whatever <clears throat> scott but in this volume where we finally where she uh, you know where she like you know she helps Scott out, but then she finally puts him in his places. Like, dude, Ramona might not like the band, but she's here supporting you. Just roll with it. Be glad she loves you. She loves you enough to support you, and that's why she's mm-hmm. here. She's not. I mean, so yeah, it sucks that she doesn't like it, but she cares enough about you to be there. So, right. And now, even the though her decision to lie to Scott about. Ramona wants you to come home, which helps him fight and, and beat the Katyanagi twins is still what I do agree. It also brings me like mixed feelings. It's like, I get why, but also why, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I do. I a hundred percent agree that like Kim like rose up this volume. Uh, she became not that she was not that all these characters aren't complex, but like her complexity, like really like shot up. Uh, with oh, like yeah. her past with Scott, her feelings about Scott, her opening up to Scott being with somebody else and like her accepting that so much so that she's like encouraging again, like with the conversation you guys just had of like, yo, I will lie. Like first, I will lie to make sure Scott feels happy that it's a Ramona thing to save me, like whatever it takes. Cause also like, she doesn't want to be in a cage. What else is she going to be? Right. right. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, it makes me more excited. Then we get to the next volume where so much more shit happens. And it's like, man, like there's a lot of like, there's a lot of really good emotional stuff happening in this book. Uh, but that that's for the next volume to talk about. All right. That is. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. I think it, it's another excellent volume. I don't think there's a bad volume in the bunch. Yeah. Of Scott Pilgrim, also, and I think it's just a pitch perfect penultimate volume. Go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say it's also perfect that Kim is on the cover of the color edition for volume five. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I would say this volume is Kim's volume. Yeah. And the, and just all the other stuff where we learn about like where Kim is trying to help Ramona and because I know what, what I mentioned earlier about how this is how Kim really shines in this book, especially with the Scott thing at the very end. Also, I wanted to point out that she helps out Ramona. She's becoming Ramona's friend. Yeah. She is she's getting closer. She's like trying to help Ramona. And even when 
um, she agrees to help Scott or to do the thing with Scott is like, hey, I'm just going to randomly bump into you guys when you're out having coffee or whatever. What the heck? Right. Weird power surge in my house. Yeah. Um, yeah, my lights just flickered. I'm like, what the devil? All right. Um, my, my... Oh, there it goes. There go. There goes the Internet. <laughs> I was wondering, how does power surge the Internet still fine? <laughs> uh, do you want to pick up on your point? Or are you cool? Uh my if i could remember what my point was <laughs> you were just um, talking about like this being kim's volume that kind yeah. of stuff kim's volume kim's volume talking with ramona warming up to ramona and actually helping ramona through her problems and also even being okay with ramona about opening up about her problems cuz it's at the little lunch thing where she finally where she reveals that she was dating uh um the other kim uh joe or jason jason kim and all of a sudden, it's like, hey, I know he, a guy with the car. yeah, you know, the guy with the car. And it's, she reveals that, yeah, he slept with Holly behind my back. So now we're at odds. Right. So it yeah. was, it's yeah. one of those things where Cam is. And of course, this like triggers Ramona because she finally learned from Knives about how right. Scott two timed him. And it was and, you know. I'm not, it's not Kim's fault, obviously. I wanted to make that clear. It's not Kim's fault, but also it shows that kim is finally trusting of ramona or at least more comfortable with ramona in letting her know about this thing that happened to her because normally kim is very quiet she leaves she keeps to herself That's she true. doesn't and she doesn't express like what's going on in her life she doesn't um advertise her or anything nothing and she, or she even and her, actively lies about it to the other oh yeah mate. yeah oh yeah 100 she'll straight up say she'll like hey what's going on and she'll just like say some stupid stuff and be like yeah like i was scrapbooking when really she was making the dress she won't she won't even say it's like no i gotta make this dress for this competition that we're in and this thing that we're doing so yeah it's really nice to see kim open up and also yeah it, like uh you said sparks kim becomes one of my favorite characters after reading this volume yeah. I mean, I thought I liked Kim a lot in volume two where we see the history between her and Scott. But then as more volumes go through, it's like, I feel for Kim. Cause she's like, yeah, she did fall. She kind of followed Scott to Toronto, but even now she's just kind of, I don't want to say laissez faire about it, but she's, she's over it, but maybe she's not a hundred percent over it. She's just sick of his shit and she is not going to stop calling you out on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you made the point at the beginning of this, uh, what you were saying that, you know, the color edition being Kim's cover, Kim's book, I want to point out like the black and white is Ramona. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's also very apt. Like, I think this is also, I think just about equal as much as this is while we've been with Ramona, we've learned more about Ramona. We've had more engagement with Ramona than Kim mm-hmm. in a, in a personal way. This is still Ramona coming to like the forefront of like her past, her life, her choices um, in the same way that Kim's is. And I think it's very much like shared between the two of them. And it's kind of like their story, their narratives are pushing into Scott's to the point where Scott, own self-created narrative can no longer hold sway yeah. because he yeah. has to acknowledge their lives their feelings um and he's not good at it which is the whole thing true um yeah okay i think that'll do it for this volume scott pilgrim versus the universe volume five we will be back one more time uh in the scott pilgrim series for the final volume scott pilgrim in his finest hour his final form Yes, Ta-da! Scott Pilgrim's Finest Hour, Volume 6. We'll be talking about it next time here on Fake Nerd Book Club. Until then, uh, you can check out all our stuff, fakenerdpodcast.com, all that other stuff. Um, by the time this comes out, we've recently done our top 15 ranking of 2023. That was also our final episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast for the foreseeable future, episode 350. We are still going to have other things popping up on the feed, so please stay subscribed. Please be paying attention. We'll still have Basement Arcade Pause Menu, Basement Arcades, Fake Nerd Book Clubs uh, to come, as I just said, with Scott Pilgrim, Fake Nerds Watch, where we're doing Monarch. Um, We want to talk about the Scott Pilgrim show at some point. All these things are down the road at some point. Um, You can learn more there by watching that episode or uh, probably by referencing a post that might go up on the website at some point Um, until then just like subscribe, check all that stuff out here on the YouTube channel, on the podcast feeds, uh, all that good stuff. Ben, where can people find you? Well, they can find me not playing video games on my girlfriend's phone and just draining her battery at Ben Maga 27. Cause I have my own phone. Ha ha. Oh, 
but it is planned. So <laughs> I am on my fiance's phone plan. Anyways, you can find me at Ben Maga 27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and threads. You can also find me writing for fusion gaming magazine, old school gamer magazine, go Nintendo.com and playing Mary Frankenstein in D and dark. Excellent. Ryan. Uh, you can find me having better internet connection than Ben. Cause you just goofed out pretty hard, my man, but we heard it all at DJ Tony snark all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh and you can find me uh promising that i'm gonna be the best 33 year old ever at sparks witty on instagram twitter s-p-a-r-k-z witty uh and until then and until next time for the finest hour stay fake nerds bah!